Hello and welcome to Guy Perryman Interviews. Our travel companions today are Mark Gardner and Andy Bell from Ride, 90s Brit rock legends who were in Japan for sold-out live shows and DJ sets. The conversation took place backstage just before their show at Liquid Room in Ebisu, Tokyo in April 2023 and was first broadcast across Japan on my Inter-FM radio show. Enjoy the journey. It is wonderful to welcome on board Andy Bell, Mark Gardner from Ride. Hello. Hello. Hi, Guy. How's it going? It is going great. Thank you very much. Uh, Mark, you and I had a chat, I think it was 2019 when you were here. Yeah. Andy, I've never met you, so it's a real pleasure. So thank you very much for your time so, today. You're very welcome. Welcome back to Japan. Is it true, was Japan the first international stop for Ride back in 93? I think it possibly was. We did come here before we went to America. It was really early. Yeah, and a real surprise and shock because when you've just been used to being in an art school, kind of rehearsing and playing a few local gigs in the area and doing okay in England, that you didn't expect to be suddenly find yourself in Japan with all the <laughs> madness that occurred as well. Yeah, is it still just as mad? I wonder. It's not as mad in, in a way, but but I think that the madness then was there was always like hundreds of people at airports and hotel you know it was just a bit kind of full on in that way and we weren't really expecting that it's the only time I ever felt a bit like the Beatles <laughs> but now it's just we just have someone in the, the company that meets us and takes up that it's like it's a bit easier it's a bit easier to get around a bit quicker do you love that side of, of the life too I, mean, I, I presume it's quite fun I just found it a bit weird actually I mean it's I get it and it's nice because people want their time or something signed or, but I actually as a guy I've never really felt that myself never you know i did i have a, had a couple of things signed but that's through someone's person oh would they would you get them to sign this for me just so i've got a signed picture of carol <laughs> king in my studio or something like that for example nice. i had a marion faithful book signed as well once and a new read book signed so i'm i like that but I, I just never i don't really actually want to generally go and meet people that i've admired musically mm. in a way because i just, mm. just figure that you set yourself up for a bit of disappointment or Something. I just quite like the fact that people do things and that's enough for me. Have you ever been starstruck by anyone? Oh yeah, I've written two fan letters in my life. One was literally a letter to Lou Reed, no reply. Oh. And one was, I filled in a form on Julian Cope's website and wrote him a long fan thing just saying how much I loved all his music. Again, no reply. You've not had the chance to meet him since? Uh, no, yeah, no, I never met either of them in, in real life. My uncle used to write to Brian Wilson. He used to send oh. him sort of bizarre birthday cards, and <laughs> he actually got a couple of replies and got one of those massive sort of cardboard surf boys cut that would normally go in a record shop sent from back from maybe not Brian himself, but like the, the whatever the fam people that dealt with that. Mm. But he did get a reply from Brian because Brian just thought, who's this wacky English guy that sends me like random birthday card when it's not my birthday or anything. So he, he did get sort of something back. And actually one person I thought I felt a little starstruck on was meeting Johnny Muff the first time. Oh. Because he was a guy that in my teenage years at school, it just really was like I wanted to look like him and be that guy for a while. So that was a, a little bit of a moment. But then we've, I've met him a few times now and he's just a really lovely guy. Johnny was the epitome of cool in that early 80s. He was such a cool dude. His mm. whole style. Yeah. And what a guitarist. I mean. Yeah, absolutely. All of it. Yeah. Just all, what a band, everything. And it was kind of a way of a real coming together of myself and Andy. We had a lot to do with the Smiths, you know, with Cole, a few bands at that time. But Smiths was a real sort of crowning band of art together, I think. And yeah, I was much more sort of like the early electro hip hop sort of stuff. And I guess what it was was us picking up on the 808 drum machine beat thing. 
which I didn't realise at the time, but like, you know, Africa and Bathsville, Johnson Crew, Electra Records, I really liked all of that and a bit of body popping. But what a sound it was, you it know? It was, yeah, and I still, yeah. I still really sort of got those records to still really treasure it, but the band thing was really driven by Smiths, the Cole, you know, like some uh, those early bands that were around at the time and mm. getting to know Andy at that time as well. Mm. Yeah. Really band. With the huge success of Ride and what was happening in the UK in the early 90s, it must have been such a thrilling time and place to be. In reverse, were you starstruck in reverse? Were you thrilled to be in that situation then? It is thrilling and it's, it's strange. There's no um, guidebook to it. So suddenly things are changing quite rapidly in your life and you just sort of try and keep up with it as best you can and do good work as best you can in and amongst it. A lot of that is not actually that helpful in some ways. I mean, it does really spur you on and you feel like you're something's going well here and it's obviously it's nice that people are digging what you're doing that's a good feeling but I suppose the other other side of that you know it's a lot of stuff that comes with it that you didn't expect I guess good and bad you know it's not it's not or it's not a, a bad thing it's a double-edged thing I think we talked about this when I met you last time I was the DJ for Virgin Megastores here in Japan I came in 1990 so for me all of the 90s you created that whole soundtrack I loved that store and yeah. in Japan would always make time to do a lot of record shopping because of mm. all the exclusive versions. The CDs yeah. always had bonus tracks. So every album I had, I always went and bought the Japanese versions. <laughs> I always thought about the bonus tracks, and you're the musicians. I mean, who made that choice? Was it the record label? Did you guys go, okay, we'll save this for Japan? It's a convention that people just just started doing and yeah. you know we didn't know until we came here you do that for that country they like to have extra tracks and then did you have to play those songs when you were here good question we definitely had to play a few more than what we we used to play because they wanted longer sets here oh. so i remember that being a change from we used to play shorter sets back then and i think that was a, a marked change that i remember being here thinking, oh, yeah. oh, we've got to play for an hour and a half <laughs> we've only ever played like 50 minutes we've been best we've been some more songs yeah it? so it's kind of like well throw in some rare ones yeah doing these album shows has been quite funny because of our perception of what Nowhere is the first eight tracks and everything else we sort of see it as a bonus so there was an EP that came out around the same time that had Taste Here and Now and Nowhere and it also had Dreams Burn Down from the album but those three we kind of felt were optional but then we were doing this Nowhere tour in Australia and someone came up to us after one of the shows and said, why don't you play here and now tonight? And we're like, well, it's just a B-side. He said, no, no, it's part of the album. So then we realised that in Australia and the US, there was no vinyl. They went straight to CD, so they got these three extra tracks. And it finishes with Nowhere, which seems to make perfect sense, because the song Nowhere finishes the album Nowhere yeah. to Australians and Americans and right, right. wherever else they've done that with the CD and not the vinyl. So we had to quickly learn here and now the next day and start putting it in otherwise we would have been like in trouble and do you think about that when you're in the studio when you're recording do you go okay you know these are going to work really well in this order I take a lot of pleasure in imagining what would happen the different orders what kind of album you make depends on so much on the order if you start with some quiet tunes the album would seem like a quiet album I mean I think it's just endlessly interesting to me it's a handy way to think about a record because you you find your opener and you close it, and then you also, there's a special kind of song that should be the beginning of side two on vinyl. Ah. You're not something punchy in that <laughs> spot around halfway. In. Yeah, I'm sort of obsessed with it, to be honest. Actually, it reminds me, it's like programming a radio show. Yeah, I always think about that. Well. Yeah, I right. like, that's, that's sort of yeah. DJing. I suppose in that way, I'll think of, I don't do much DJing, but when I have, I think in that way as well, what's yeah. great to end the night. Speaking of DJing, you're doing a DJ set here, aren't you? I am. What can we look forward to? Well, I tend to build a playlist with a night in mind, and the beauty of USBs is that you can upload a choice. So I've got 
loads of tracks. I'll build a playlist called Japan After Show and then often end up leaving that playlist and going and playing just whatever out of the whole collection. You're kind of trying to predict what the night's going to be like and you don't always know that. So if the stuff that you've planned just goes over really terrible, then you have to change tack. <laughs> I try and DJ really in the moment, not plan it too much, leave it open with a kind of feeling of where you want it to, or where you'd like it to be going. I'd imagine being in a band is like family. There's love, there's drama, there's breakups, there's makeups. And when I sit here with Andy Bell and Mark Gardner together, you think maybe back in 1996, that may not have ever happened again. You know, when you look in each other's pockets in that way, as you say, it is like a weird sort of family thing. Mm. I think it's just a natural feeling as well that you need time apart as well as all that time you've had together mm. and I think what we individually after that all went on to do sort of justifies it in a way I think you know you need to break away and do other things mm. which we all did it is just like your brothers in a way but you know it's, <laughs> so it's always there but it's like you, yeah I just think with any sort of family thing you just need time apart as well as time on obviously. and then in reverse what brought you back together again we've always sort of stayed in, in touch it wasn't like we didn't speak for ages it was just like yeah I mean the, the breakup was, was a hard time for sure but, yeah. but I'd say a matter of months after the breakup I visited your house didn't I, I think there, ant, yeah. there was an amp had to be taken to Mark's house anyway for oh. whatever reason and, I, and just <laughs> it was a good excuse to just say hi and, yeah. and it seemed like the, the tension had kind of gone at that point even so then we were just kind of keeping in contact over yeah. the years mm. between the whole band of band members exactly yeah and Andy, I'm sure you have a million and one stories of your 10 years plus with the Gallagher brothers. Yeah. <laughs> we probably don't have time for many or any now, but I know my listeners are like, you've got to ask him something. I mean, I was overjoyed to be asked to be a part of that band because I've been such a big fan, huge fan of the band, seen them multiple times, probably more than 10 times over the previous few years. Mm. Being with them was, was fantastic. Mm. Yeah. What about swapping from guitar to bass? Yeah. Yeah, like I would say, I would have played a triangle if I, mean, I could join a race. You know, I actually really enjoyed the change over to bass. It's a related instrument. It's not that difficult to jump over and, and play. And it's, people think it's simpler or easier or something. It's, it's kind of it's easy to get going on the, on the bass, but actually playing the bass in a band properly with all that that means was a really good discipline to learn. Mm. It made me a more supportive person. Because you're you're part of the support structure in the band right, musically, right. You, and I got, I became really close with the drummer Adam White. I was going to say, obviously, your yeah. relationship with the drummer is so important. Yeah, it's a musical relationship, but it also just crosses over into the way that you deal with the other people in the band. You know, you're you're there supporting, you're there to just be locked in and and keep things tight. I got a lot out of it. Are you only on guitar these days? Steve Parrott's is such an iconic bass player, so I would never ever. <laughs> go near a bass with rides that wouldn't happen but, um, yeah but, um, but when I'm working on my own stuff for example I might play a bass now and again oh cool yeah. do you both play your instruments pretty much every day do you love to play the music at home just tinker around by yourself uh, sometimes I, I don't always I mean I keep thinking okay I'm going to do some recording of my own bits and pieces uh, next week and then things keep coming into the studio <laughs> and it keeps putting it back which actually is fine because that's you know I mean it's my living as well so yeah. I, I need that but then sometimes my own thing gets a bit lost because it feels to me that like the first thing I've got to do is get bills paid and stuff and then as we all do I've got things in the studio and that just evokes the feeling of me being like uh, the boy in the toy shop again and just messing around with things and making sounds and I do want to do to more of my own music at some point. So that's a kind of long answer to a 
sort of question about like, <laughs> so, do so we play yes. guitar now and again? Yeah, occasionally, <laughs> and I like to do that. Yeah, I cool. always speak with people about the power of music, and I'm fascinated in the healing power of music, all aspects of music. What about for you two personally? Have you always turned to music in your private lives? Absolutely, yeah. And, and now I listen to a lot of chakra healing sort of things in the yeah. background when wow. I do sort of yoga. I mean, it's a bit cliche, but meditation, yoga, stuff like that, and sleep sometimes. And I, I think wow. it's incredible. I've actually created a couple of programs with an Irishman I work with back in the studio for healing people. So oh, really? you get you get into the uh, alpha, beta, gamma ways, and yeah. it actually has a healing effect on people. And then you can get people lifted, and then you sort of bring them back down. I mean, it's wow. yes, it's it's amazing. Oh, I think it's wow. like the, the power of music and what it can do is frequencies, incredible. Yeah, definitely a healing tool. I have slight tinnitus, so I'm like, I need some uh, sort of frequency to stop that when I sleep. <laughs> stop, Too much stop, rock and roll. Stop, it, stop your eating, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Looking ahead, 2023, 2024, there is new music on the way, I believe. There is. Yes, we are having an album mixed as we speak. Um, it's some sort of stuff that's just started to happen. It's a different way that we recorded this record in a way, I guess. It took, it took more time. We had a studio. We used my studio a lot, which is nice to sort of feel at last. We've got somewhere where you not really thinking about the clock ticking so much, just like just go and muck around and see what see what comes. And then there was a lot of structured stuff coming in as always. But yeah, anyway, it's potentially set for March yeah. twenty twenty four at least. Okay. Yeah. The singles. You have to wait a year. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it doesn't seem absurd to be saying that, you know, when yeah. we've basically recorded the album and it's just getting mixed. But the mixing might take a month or two to get it all right, and then you going to manufacturing. Vinyl is, is quite a problem these days to yeah. get things done. At one point it was like nine months or something and there was a huge bottleneck vinyl production. Right. Yeah. Right. Even right. though the record might be ready sooner, we're only just finishing now with right. this anniversary stuff. So right. we didn't want to be just to segue straight into a new record. Right. From that, we want to give it a little break. Yeah. Have to take a breath and then come back. I was going to say, we'll see you next year then for yeah. the release parties. Well, that would yeah. be great. I was saying about music and frequency, there's actually scientific studies now which say that new music lights more parts of your brains than old music, you know. Uh-huh. It, you know that, so it's kind wow. of... Uh, it actually, it's a study and it's now proven cool. that it's lovely to address both and it's, mm. it's all about balance. I had a really interesting epiphany recently about music and people always say, oh, I love going to see the bands I love and hearing the old music because it takes me back to my youth. Yeah. But I had the complete reverse feeling when I was watching a band who'd been around for a long time and just yeah. released some new music and listening to the new songs that I knew nothing about was like, wow, now I feel like I'm going back to my youth because I'm just discovering all this new music. Yeah, it's extra lights to get yeah. it up in your brain. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's the study shows. It's, it's interesting. Yeah, that's why I like studio work as well because there's constantly new things coming in uh, right. all the time. Right. And it just like keeps lighting you up. Yeah. Yes. Keep lighting our lives lighting up. up. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. It's been such a pleasure. Mark Gardner, Andy Bell, thank, thank you, you so much for your time. Thanks for the music. Have a good one tonight. You're welcome. Good to speak to you. You too. Thanks. See And thank you for joining us today. For more interviews and information, please go to GuyPerryman.com.